And so here we are at the fourth Sunday of Advent. Can you believe it? This time surprises me every year at how it races by, even with best intentions to slow it down and do it with some grace. There is, I must admit, some point at which my life reaches this very hectic pace. Does yours do the same? I, I think it can't be Christmas yet, and yet here we are, just five days out. These days of preparation for the celebration of Christmas are almost accomplished, these candles that we have lit, remembering hope and peace and joy and today love. These are reminders to us of the approach of that day. Those of you who may feel that you have lost the opportunity, do not despair. It is still Advent. There is still time to prepare our hearts in contemplation and prayer and to be present before the Lord in a very full way in order that Christmas might be what it should Gracie Grindle, a contemporary hymn writer, begins one of her Advent songs with the words, we light the Advent candles against the winter light. That's an interesting carol to sing. She reminds us that Advent is this veritable protest to and resistance of the darkness that gathers all around us. Usually, I light the wreath, light the candles on the Advent wreath, and think this is a wonderful tradition passed down through the church and through our family particularly. And as we look, there is just such a sense of warmth about this. And yet there is a greater thing that is going on with Advent, that if we miss this, we miss the very point of the story especially for those that were contributing to the birth of Christ in the world. Some will remember the dramatic news of a few years ago of how the Berlin Wall came down. Even though we call it the fall of the Berlin Wall, all of us know it didn't happen on its own. It came by way of much work, the larger picture of political stalemate and the Cold War that had given rise to that wall that stayed in place for 28 years, that stretched across this long section of Germany was this constant reminder that there was a separation of the people some that believed one way and some that believed another. And the only way in which this was kept in check was by military might. As any protests that were launched for its removal were quickly snuffed out. And yet the time came where the people would bear it no longer. And the story is told that in Leipzig, Germany, that at St. Nikolai Church, where 
Bach composed many a cantata that at that location, some four months before the Berlin Wall fell, that on Monday evenings, persons from the community would gather around the church. It started off with about a thousand that were there and they would hold candles and in candlelight they would sing songs of hope and justice and peace and they looked into their future together. By the time that moment came that the wall fell, there were over 300,000 people that would gather every Monday night at that church. When later, one of the East German secret police was asked, why didn't you just crush this as you did so many other protests in years past he said we really did not have a contingency against song oh the power of people coming together and letting their lives be this resistance against the darkness it was with humble beginnings that this unknown peasant girl named Mary was tapped for an important role in all of our lives. This inconsequential village of Roman-occupied Israel was this place that was ripe for a setting for someone to pay attention. Luke really starts the telling of this blessed story with an elderly couple. You remember this as we've read it during Advent. Elizabeth and her husband in their old age were to conceive a child. And sure enough, to their surprise, it happened just the way it had been told. And in their time of waiting... Another miracle occurs that this young woman is visited by Gabriel, the angel, and told that she too will be the mother of our Lord, the God on high. In the midst of Mary's hearing that she would bear this precious child, Her response is, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. And out of this type of humility, the place for Jesus was made in the world. You realize that Mary holds a very precious spot, especially throughout uh, Roman Catholicism. But she is beginning, it seems, to be venerated Around the world. Have you seen the cover of the National Geographic magazine this month? Her picture is there. With a long article on how important the role of this woman is in the world. Of course, you and I know that her role 
is completely subservient to Jesus' role. And in fact, from the very beginning, she knew this was the case. Humble Mary, however, agreed to allow God to work within her in order to birth Jesus into the world. Embracing the path on which God was leading her. This is the most difficult thing that you and I will ever come to in our lives. That we are called to embrace the path on which God is leading us. I know too many people that carry within them great anxiety about the path on which God is leading them. Their life is filled with angst. They are so resistant to their situation in particular that they can do no good in the world because they are consumed with the misery of where they are. Can you think on this for just a moment? Can you think of how it would be if Mary had received her situation, which was absolutely horrendous? Even Joseph had to think about it before he could come to the notion that maybe the way to fix this is for me to actually marry this woman that others would surely despise in her situation. If Mary had chosen a different path, one that excluded the grace of God from being as at work in her life, as she allowed. I have no doubt that Jesus, when he preached his first sermon, must have been thinking about his mother at least a little bit when he said, blessed are the poor, blessed are those who are humble and meek, for they are the ones, those are the ones that will inherit the earth. These are the ones who understand. I remember our oldest daughter, when she was just, I think she must have been four or five years old, she was singing with a children's presentation in worship. She was standing with a whole line of other children that were there. She had no special part in the program. She wasn't singing a solo. She was just one of the many that were there. But while she was singing, she began to get just a little taller than everybody else that was there. And we looked down and she was standing on her tiptoes in order to make sure that she got every ounce out of what she was proclaiming to those that were present. Not that she wanted to attract attention to herself, but she could not be contained at the thought that she had this role, this humble role, but this role in speaking the story of Christ to those that were before her. This humble role is one that you and I are called to take. And just these past a couple of weeks, it's been interesting because we've had one wedding after another wedding. What a celebration at this altar. I... Uh, 
tell you, when you enter into those vows, it is breathtaking. If you walk to the edge of that beautiful landscape of life and look out, it can be enthralling, but it also can be intimidating, I'm sure. But most couples don't have a clue about that. They have no idea that when they say their pledges to each other, that they will be faithful in sickness and in health, that that is real stuff. I have never known a couple yet who has been together for any length of time that did not have to deal with sickness. And that gets serious. In fact, it is amazing how some rise to the occasion and others do not very well. Some who, frankly, understand better what God's calling is than others do. We become so preoccupied with power and greatness and even prestige. The idea of setting that aside in order to do what God is calling you to do is an angelic, truly angelic thing. Elizabeth was expecting. Some of you know what it's like to be six months along. When Mary came and after having received the message that she too would bear a child, when she was at the door knocking, Elizabeth opened it and she was so filled with excitement that not only she jumped, but her baby jumped just to see Mary, who was also with child. Elizabeth, caretaker of Mary, and Mary, caretaker of Elizabeth, they were together for three months. That's a long visit. They were taking care of each other, for God had called them to be a part of his plan for the birthing of Jesus into the world. Our manger scenes strive but fail to capture this type of courageous humility. Oh, usually it is a beautiful Mary, but it is a very compliant Mary that is there kneeling beside baby Jesus. I want you to look more closely at your sets and try to imagine the courageous humility that it took for Mary and for Elizabeth to be the people that they were, to be the people that God was calling them to be in this critical moment. The song that Mary sings with her life, the song that Elizabeth sang with her life, these were songs of humble courage, songs of resisting the darkness. And so let me remind you, if Advent has just happened far too quickly, 
And here you are, just five days before Christmas. And you're asking yourself, is there any chance that I can prepare? Let me tell you, there's still time. There's still time. Don't miss the opportunity. We are welcome to be a people who live humbly, courageously humbly, in order to cradle Christ in this world.